I am very excited for this morning's teaching. Uh, Scott Sachs, um, I'd love to say I know him really well, but I, from what little I know of him, this guy's got just a monster heart for the Lord. It's not just about uh, doing the right thing and being on Sunday or going through your rote things. You know that the Lord has touched his heart. You can just see it when you talk to him, um, especially during our uh home group leaders meetings. I mean, the guy just has a hunger for the Lord and it's infectious. And even more impressive, uh, his wife. Oh my goodness. Uh, what a gift the Lord has provided to Scott and Christina. I just, I love that couple. I mean, and, and they're staying with us. I love it. They were really wrestling with what church to go to and they're with us. And I, I am just so encouraged to see them here and, um, they're just a joy. I mean, I, I don't know how you could look at them and not be like, man, I'm going to go after Jesus. So, um, I'm just looking forward to what he's got to share with us from the Word. Uh, So welcome, Scott. He's going to preach the Word to us. Let's get this situated a little bit. Uh, Why don't we just open in prayer to start with here. Dear Lord God, I just thank and praise you for this opportunity. You are so awesome. Thank you for this wonderful day, this beautiful day, and this chance to come together and worship you and spend time with you. Lord, I just pray that you would help me as I uh, deliver this message to uh, just be your servant in this, and that your word is what is is brought out here, and you're what you want us to learn, Lord God. Um, I am totally unworthy, unprepared in some senses for this, Lord God, and I just know that I need you here, and I just want you here. I want your word to come out and for people's hearts to just, for you to be able to touch them and for us to, to learn and grow uh, this, this morning. So thank you for this time, and bless this time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, <clears throat> good morning. I'm already weeping here. Good grief. Um, So what I wanted to uh, talk about today was uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It's trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. As I uh, was looking at this passage and I think about this passage, the thing that comes to my mind is the kind of the worldview of Christianity, of God's word. I think, I think you know, the world probably thinks God's word, this Bible, it's it's foolishness, it's irrelevant, it's it has no use in the modern world. I think uh, many people take a dim view of Christianity and think. What use is it? It, it does. It, it, it's dusty old mumbo jumbo. It has no place in this world. And I can just kind of hear mocking voices say, "Lean not on your own understanding." What in the world does that mean? I have to use my brain to drive my car to get home. I need to use my understanding to cook dinner for my kids. That 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 makes no sense. That's ridiculous. And I think those voices, um, they can. Those voices. Can, can cause us to, as Christians, to, to doubt our faith or, or question God's word. And as non-Christians, to kind of just dismiss it. And so there's these concepts in the Bible that are, are difficult. They're, they, sometimes they don't always make sense. And sometimes we, we can't always reconcile them in our own heads. And so it, it's easy 
for some people to just dismiss it, or it's easy for us to to have questions and think, you know, maybe this isn't maybe this isn't real, maybe this isn't right. So it, it's it's difficult. It's difficult to lean not on your own understanding. The good news is that, you know, God tells us in His Word in, in the Titus passage here. Uh, Second uh, Titus 2, 11 and 12, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. So the, the, the word soberly there in the New King James Version, that if you go back to the Greek, that really means sound mind, reasonable, sensible. So God's saying... You know, you don't have to abandon logical thought. You don't have to check your brain at the door when you become a Christian. Um, he wants us to use our brains. He wants us to use what he's given us to, to try to understand these things. So, so what does it mean, lean not on your own understanding? The Bible has... It, it, there's a lot of things that are not talked about in the Bible. It doesn't tell you how to drive your car home or fix your car or make dinner for your kids. But there's a lot that it does say. It, it talks about truth. It talks about what we should trust in, what we should direct our attention to, where we find our peace and our joy. And so where, where God tells us what to do, where to direct our attention, where to find truth, then, then we, need to, we need to look there. We need to trust on those things. We need to, to, to believe on them even when sometimes those things don't seem to make sense to us or we can't put it all together in our own heads. One of the reasons that, that we sometimes can't fully understand all the concepts in the Bible or, or understand some of those, what I would call, apparent contradictions in the Bible, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, is because we don't have the full picture right now. 1 Corinthians 13.12 says... For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So again, we don't, we don't have the whole picture yet, and we're not going to have the whole picture until we're in heaven. So one example of a concept that I wrestle with, uh, two things in the Bible, two what, are, what seem to be apparent contradictions are the one idea that, that God calls us to believe in him. And then there are other passages that say God chose us. And I, for me personally, I have, I have difficulty reconciling those things. So let's look at the, how, how he's calling us to choose him. Uh, we'll look at an Old Testament passage first, Deuteronomy 30.19. It says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life. Choose life that you and your offspring may live. And then there's another passage in Romans, a New Testament passage. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So he's, he's calling us to, to make a choice. He's calling us to believe on Jesus. Now let's look at the opposite, or the what seems to be a, a, another uh, passage that that is difficult to reconcile. Ephesians 1, 3 through 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, 
even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. So here God's saying, I chose you. My feeble mind can't take these two concepts and hold them in my brain at the same time, much less try to explain them in terms of reconciling them to you today. That's not my intent. My intent really is to just paint a simple picture, a simple analogy to show that even when, um, excuse me, even when we can't understand everything, even, when, even though we can't put it all together, that doesn't make it false. We, again, we don't have the whole picture. So I have a simple analogy here. You see an X on the screen, right? Imagine one X, one line, represents God, uh, our, our choosing to believe. And the other line is, is uh, God choosing us. And these lines look like they're intersecting. They look like they're conflicting. They don't, they're, they're kind of butting heads here. But what, what if you got a, th- this is a two-dimensional image. What if you got a three-dimensional understanding of the situation? These lines aren't intersecting. There isn't a conflict. There's, there's a space between them. Now, this is a simple little analogy. We live in a three-dimensional world of X, Y, and Z. That's our, that's our experience. X, Y, Z, and fourth dimension of time. That's, that's our experience. That's our reality. But God is inside. He's outside. He's above all of this. He's got degrees of freedom that we don't have. And he can make the possible, seemingly possible impossible. He's not constrained by our, our four-dimensional experience. I'm not, I'm not trying to prove anything here with this, and it doesn't prove anything. But it, I'm just trying to kind of think, cause you to think a little bit that God, God's above this. And even though we can't understand some things, that, that, doesn't, make it, that doesn't make it false. As human beings, we want to understand. We want to, we want to understand everything, and, and that's good. But he, God tells us that, that we're not going to be able to. In fact, in Isaiah, he tells us, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So again, we want to understand, but there are things that we're just not going to get. And while, while we're on this earth, we're, we're not going to be able to reconcile those things, but we, can, but we need to trust in God. We need to, when he, he gives us this truth, we, we need to understand, we need to rely on it, even if sometimes we can't make sense of it. So that raises a question to me. Why, why does God even put this in the Bible, if these concepts that seem to be things that I can't put together in my own head? Well, I, first of all, I think only God can really answer that question. And when we get to heaven, hopefully, well, he will. He'll fill us in on what, what all this means. But a couple of thoughts I have. One is that um, if we could fully define God, if we could define everything about him, then I don't think he'd really be God. I mean, I think if we understood everything, then, 
then he's not really God. And, and I think he'd be just, just a thought idol, and kind of like an Old Testament idol of, of, of stone or wood or gold, static. Another reason is, and I think this is more important, is that God desires a relationship with us. He tells us that in 1 Timothy. He says, this is good, the, the, the word says, this is good and is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God, the almighty God of the universe, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing, desires eternal, desires a relationship with us, a mortal human being. How is that possible? The only way, the way he did it was, was amazing. He sent his son, true God, to this earth. True God, to live a perfect life for us, to die on the cross for our sins. He made a way for us to have a relationship with him. That makes, that's the most mind-blowing thing of all, I think, just that, that God desires a relationship with us and he's done it in this way. It's It's amazing. It's awesome. And he proved it. He proved it by rising from the dead on that first Easter Sunday. And that's one of the most well-recorded incidents in human history. I love how the Apostle John describes it in his Gospel. Uh, John 1, 9-13. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world he was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. He did this awesome thing so that we can have a relationship with him. This is not new stuff in terms of the fact that the world looks will, will, will call Christianity foolishness. People, you know, learned people of this world will say, you know, that, that stuff doesn't make any sense. Or, uh, you know, these concepts of wrestling with these ideas. Um, I really, bear with me as I read through this passage from 1 Corinthians, but I think it really talks a lot about just how Christianity seems to be foolishness to the world. So 1 Corinthians 18 through 31, this is kind of a long passage. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since the wisdom of the world, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, 
And the weakness of God is stronger than men. I just want to repeat that. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to, the, according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, the one who boasts, boasts in the Lord. God set it up this way. He doesn't want us to have it all figured out, because if we did, we'd have a prideful heart about it. It's, it's all him. It's all him. And he worked it out so that, so that we can't be prideful about it. We can't, we can't take credit for it. He's done it all. He's done it all. So back to the Proverbs passage, 3, 5 to 6. What is, how is this useful to us today in our day-to-day life? Just read the passage again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. This is a passage with a promise. If we trust in the Lord with all our heart, all your heart, then he will make straight our paths. And what does that mean? I think it means that he will make our way in this life, he will keep it free of those pitfalls that are going to cause us to to fall into sin that's going to lead us away from him. It's going to it's it's a, a a straight path to him, a way a way to have that relationship with him. If we don't if we don't let our our brains and I'm not saying check your brain at the door, but I'm saying if we don't if we trust in what he tells us, then he will make our path straight. He will make our way forward that in, in a way that will allow us to to be with him. This is a hard thing, and, and so I, I mean, we wrestle with these things all the time. Uh, There's so many examples of, of how we want to lean on our own understanding and not trust in God. One example is if, if, uh, if somebody gets out, you know, does something bad to you, you want to take revenge. You want to get back at them. But that's not what God says. That's not what God's word says. It says that we're supposed to turn the other cheek. Another example would be that that um, it, it seems reasonable to us to take care of ourselves first rather than other people. But that's not what God says either. He says to put others first, to be selfless. That really goes against what, you know, what the world says and what our culture says. Our, our, our brain, our, our mind, our, our culture tells us, you know what, it's good to seek pleasure and recreation and comfort first. You know, take, take care of yourself, enjoy life. Again, that's not what God says either. It's, we need to be seeking Him first. And as Ian preached last week, that doesn't always mean comfort and pleasure and, and recreation. I have an example from my own life in terms of how I, I've seen this passage play out. 
Um, I recently married my beautiful wife, Christina, and I was 46 when I did that. Um, so I struggled with all of the things, all the temptations from this world and from our society and the way I wanted to go. I mean, like our culture says, you know what? Sex is is recreational. It's great. I mean, it's it's something you don't you can enjoy now, and it's not reserved for a a, a marriage relationship between a man and a woman. And that, the Bible says it's reserved for a, 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 a relationship between a man and a woman. Our culture says the opposite. Our brain, our our desire is is to have that before we're married. Our culture says, you know what, it's, it's really good to actually live together before you get married so you can try on you know, that relationship, make sure every, you guys are compatible. That's not what God's word says either. So, you know, leaning on my own understanding, I, would have, I know I would have fallen, off, fallen into those traps. And, and by the grace of God, just by the grace of God and his strength and his protection, really, his protection. I was able to wait until um, he gave me somebody um, that was right for me. Somebody that, you know, as the Second Corinthians six fourteen passage says, that I could be equally yoked with. Somebody that was desiring and seeking after God. It's so e- it's hard. It's so easy to be seduced by the voices of this world, our own our own mind, and, and the way we're influenced by this world to to lean on our own understanding, to go our own way, to do our own thing. But that's not, that's not a good way. Proverbs 16.25 says, There's a way that seems right to a man, but, it ends in the way, but its end is the way to death. If we go our own way, we're, we're risking our souls, really. We, we need to trust him. We need to... We need to trust in God and what he has for us, even when it doesn't make sense. Even when, it, even when we think it, it doesn't make sense. Even when we think it, we should go a different way. We need to be looking at what God says and what he says in his word and follow that so that we can have that relationship with him and that he can work in our hearts. In closing, I just want to read the, the um, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 passage together. And then pray it over with us. Pray, pray it over us. So, if we could all read it together, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we just thank and praise you for the for all that you've done for us, for your desire to have a relationship with us and to send your son Jesus to, to come and die on the cross for us and live a perfect life for us so that we can have that relationship with us, with you, Lord God. You love us so much that you've done all these mind-blowing, completely incomprehensible things to make that relationship possible, and we thank you for that. I just pray that... Uh, that we are strengthened by your word today and those that don't know you, Lord God, that you would be working their hearts to, to show them, Lord God, that you desire a relationship and that you, are draw- that you desire that they would be drawn to you and be saved as well, Lord God. Lord God, take care of us all as we go our separate ways this evening. Bless this morning, and we pray all these things in your son's holy name. Amen.
Um, let's see, I think. Uh, to, to wrap up, we have uh, we normally have uh, folks come up for prayer that would like to have prayer. Um, I'm not sure which home group is doing it this week. I should have checked that before I got up here. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dee Dee and Jerry's home group will be praying for anybody that would like prayer, so feel please come up if you do. And thank you so much.